Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's 5 o'clock. It's 5 o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? what? It is time for the Falcons Report. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heavens. On Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, hey man. Glad to have you with us, guys. Um, we will get a chance to hear from our special teams coordinator, Marquise Williams. He joined us yesterday. You heard from Zach, uh, you, uh, the offensive coordinator, Zach Robinson. You heard from Jimmy Lake, the defensive coordinator. And, Mike, I was impressed with all three, man. As we talk about the Falcons, we will get more into what Zach Robinson said about the quarterback because I think it's interesting. Also on the way, what in the hell was that last night, Atlanta mm. Hawks? <laughs> we will talk about that in about 15 minutes, Mike Bell. Oh, my God, what a mess. What a train wreck. Yeah, we, we said this earlier, and for all I know, Arthur Smith could be, you know, literally with the moving van right now as he's getting up to Pittsburgh, but he was always gracious with his time with us. But I just know his idiosyncratic nature kind of just rubs some fans the wrong way. It was just a little refreshing to hear just straight answers. You know, I mean, look, we don't have a quarterback yet, and we still don't know what this team's going to be, but you were getting basically straight talk about what you, what the goals are, what you're looking for. And it was, I think to some fans and to us, it was kind of refreshing. Grant McCauley is also on the way, guys. He's down in spring training. Braves, pitchers, and catchers reporting. We'll talk to our buddy Grant as we'll go around the yard. It is already that time of year. And as I said to Mike, I'm hoping this spring training just flies by. I'm ready for the season. I'm ready to get our guys going. We know we're going to compete for this division again, which gets us in the playoffs. But it's bigger than that. And we'll talk to Grant about all the things that the pitchers are getting done, including Chris Sale. We uh, caught up with Marquise Williams. He walked in literally yesterday. Super nice. We normally don't get a chance to catch up with a special teams coordinator with the Falcons. So the fact that he was retained number one by Raheem Morris and this staff uh, and this front office tells you he is highly thought of. And he understands that the special teams has got to get a lot better. But as we sat down with him, first thing Mike asked him was about the punts and kickoffs. And <laughs> what's the deal? And why can't we field these punts and kickoffs? I'm going to use this uh, water bottle right here. Yeah, get on it. Okay, so kickoff, the ball travels like this. Right? Yeah. So it's a little bit easier to catch okay. when it comes. 
depending on what type of punter you're going right. against, if I'm a right-footed punter, the ball is going to spin right. So okay. it has this spin. Tail it away a little bit. To, yeah, so now it's going to drift to your left shoulder. Okay. If, if it's a left-footed punter, it's going to drift to your right shoulder. And there's different types. They can hit the ball at you like this, okay. like this. They can spin. They can show one way, punt the other way. So there's a lot of different variables. And then the last part of it, when you catch a kickoff, by the time you catch it, it's like – the first defender's like 25, 30 yards away from mm-hmm. you, depending on the hang time. Right. A punt, you don't know where that defender's going to be. So you want to catch it in a square position. You got to catch it high so we can get your eyes to where the nearest defender is. Do I have to fair catch it? Do I not have to fair catch it? So there's a big part of it where you have to make a lot of decision making. Marquise, we just saw this in the Super Bowl, didn't we? With Ray Ray McLeod. Yes. Right. Get away from it. <laughs> yes. Well, this, the, the, what, what happened, though, is the, if you pay attention, I actually went to the game. Oh, and wow. the, the guy that was blocking for Ray McLeod, it touched his leg. So okay. his teammate touched the ball. So now it's a fumble. And he's, That's try- why he's trying to get it. He's trying to get it because the ball's live now. Right. If you punt the ball to another team, if the ball doesn't get touched, the ball's dead. But I remember the only thing I ever did in high school football was a long snapper. And someone's supposed to yell a code word for everyone Peter, to get away. Peter, poison, right. people right. have different names that they want to use for pineapples, whatever you want to yeah, say. Yeah. I'm just making up stuff. But you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, some teams use poison, they use Peter, because those right. guys are blocking. So if I'm blocking you, I have no idea where the ball's at. Right. So if you, as soon as you use that term, that, that name, I'm going to sprint to the sideline, get as far as I can from the football. It is uh, Marquise Williams with us, guys, live in studio here in our 92.9 The Game Ticketmaster Studios here at the branch. We were talking last year that obviously when, when Avery Williams goes down and blows out his ACL, that just that just puts you behind the eight ball. Was it a, a matter of inexperience with the guys? It, I sit literally at the 10-yard line up in the stands, uh-huh. and it just seemed like it was that to the dreaded, do I catch it, do I not? And it just seemed like field position. We just got pinned down inside the shadow of the goalpost well, a lot. If, when you talk about field position, uh, it's correlated, too, to offense and defense. It's not just special teams. So let's say on defense, we're on defense, and the team drives to the 50-yard line. Now we get a stop, and now they got to punt it. We're not going to be able to get a return. So if they hit a good punt and that ball is a little bit past, or you use a 10-yard line, 8-yard line for rule for your returner, they get out the way. And if it bounces and it lands on the 5, the returner comes to the sideline, I'm like, hey, that was a good punt. That was right. when it comes to those situations. Now, there was one situation versus Tennessee where we had a returner did catch the ball like at the two or three-yard line, and if he just got vertical with the football, he gets the ball past the 20, but he tried to run lateral. Right. Oh, we were there. Oh, yeah. we, we, yeah. we, that happened right in front of us, too. <laughs> yeah. Ben, it's a bad juju on yeah. this. Sorry. Yeah. But <laughs> you know what? Yeah. But those things those things happen. Uh, you know, I love Mike Hughes. He, he's going to have a fabulous career. He did a great job for us as a nickel and as a coverage player. But sometimes you learn from reps and, and experience. That formulates your why. Sometimes you need to learn the hard way. It's no different in parenting. When you parent and you tell somebody, hey, don't jump off the couch, you might hurt your shoulder. You might hurt your Then sometimes they got to learn the hard way. Yeah, and then you at the hospital. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> you don't want that to happen. And you never want that to happen for our players. I, every time our players go out there to go play this game, if there's a minus on the play, the first thing I do is I look at myself because I'm always going to hold myself accountable first and make sure that I put our players in the best position possible. But when you talk about field position, um, yes, we didn't have Avery Williams last year. Hmm. And D. Alford started the season as our returner. But his volume on defense, he was playing a lot, so he was getting gas. So we went to Mike Hughes, and we weren't getting a lot of return opportunities. If a team is lined up in fourth and one, you probably can't call a return, because if you do, they're going to run a fake outside on you. So you got to play it safe. So now you might get a fair catch. You don't get the return yards. D. 
D. Alford, once we got to the bye week, he did a, a great job. If you look at once we played the Saints after the bye and we put him back there as a returner, he made great decisions. He got vertical with the football. And then the first, the number one thing that we look at in the return game, does our offense have the ball next play? And you could say that for our team. Every single time we went on punt return, kick return, our offense had the ball next play. So now, and in the last part of it, it's just not Avery Williams back there as a returner. There's 10 other guys that are playmakers. So you can't, we can't just put it, I will never just put it all solely on the returner. If we get big returns, it's not just because of the returner. It's that we rushed upon to force a bad kick like we did versus Tampa Bay and uh, D. Alfred got a 25-yard return. Right. We forced a bad kick because Hodge and those guys, they rushed a punter. He hit a 3-3-7 hang time punt. I was just watching it for 37 yards. Kata got vertical, and we made it out of 24-yard return. So all those things are correlated. Right. The rush, how we hold up, how we block the gunners, and the decision-making by the returner. Marquis, in this in this day and age of the NFL, we had one of the greatest returners ever in Devin Hester here. Yes, sir. Okay? And you could, used to, go get a guy that just did that. And now we see, to your point, about, hey, guys do multiple things. They play DB. They do this. They're yes, wide sir. receiver. So how do we upgrade from the standpoint of getting a better return game when you can't necessarily have just a roster spot for a guy like that that you can just go get and you know what you're getting with Devin Hester, mm-hmm. and you're looking at the roster and saying, hey, we need a guy that, that can give us great returns. How do we go about that? Well, it's all about formulating the plan. Okay, what's our need? What are we looking for in a returner? And if there's a guy that's on the roster that's just a returner, he, he better be the most dynamic returner. <laughs> you know, yeah. I interned with the Chicago Bears. Funny story. In 2010, right. I, and, uh, I interned with the Chicago Bears. At that time, Devin Hester was just doing returns. Because before, when he's a rookie, he was playing DB. And then he transitioned to receiver. When I got there in 2010, and we're in there training camp, it was, my, it was Robbie Gold, uh, Adam Polish, uh, Pat Manley, Devin Hester. We're all in the specials room. He met with the special teams coach. So, that was rare, but it was Devin Hester. Right. So you try to maximize your roster. Avery Williams, first rookie year, played defensive back. Yeah. Uh, 2022, played running back, and then he, he moved to offense. No different than I coached Jamal Agnew with the Detroit Lions, who now plays for Jacksonville. And he had a, a the coverage game is bonus from them. So if you have a dynamic guy like a Jamal Agnew, a Devin Hester, um, Cordell Patterson, whatever right. you get from them, offense, defense is bonus. But they better be great at making the great, right decisions for our team and getting vertical with the football and coming alive with the football. And, you know, we're excited to get Avery back. Right. And he'll do a great job. It is teams coach Marquise Williams with us guys here on Dukes of Bell. I know we got to wrap up, but uh, you just mentioned Cordero Patterson. Last kickoff return we had is with CP. Yeah. Uh, do you lobby for him? Like, hey, you know, I mean, if the bunnies are in, can we get this guy to stick around? And anybody that can help us on special teams mm. and create explosive plays, those are guys that we want here, whether it's explosive plays as a coverage guy or a returner. Um, when it comes to that, you know, we're early in the process with formulating our staff and doing that stuff. But as we get down that road, we're excited for all of our guys on our roster. How do you feel about Koo and, uh, and Pinion? Those guys are awesome. You know, Pinion had a record here. He had a PR when it came to gross and net punting. Um, he really stepped up this year. When he talked about our coverage and our personnel, Ku and Pinion, those guys stepped up, and they continue to get better. And hopefully those guys continue to play for a long time. And then that last guy, the third guy is Liam McCullough. You know, our True. snapper. True. You know, he was a rookie his first year, second year. If you don't notice him, that means he's playing well. Yeah. It's an art form, Carl. <laughs> and by the way, when, when Koo is struggling, how do you, do you just let him do work it through when he's missing stuff? Or you know, just... he's, he's so accurate right. that when he misses a kick, 
it's like the, people think it's the end of the world, which he's still one of the most accurate kickers. I know. <laughs> Hands went up. <laughs> yeah, he's one, still one of the most accurate kickers yeah. in the NFL. Right. But it's, he's a process-driven person just like ourselves and everybody in our room. So if he misses a kick, which if you play long enough, you're going to miss some kicks. Um, it's, it's all about your process. Even when he makes kicks, he had the game where he's 5-for-5 five five versus the Colts and hit like two or three PATs, special teams player of the week. To us, that wasn't his best game. Yes, the ball went through the upright seven times, but it's all about the contact and his process. So he's process-driven. We don't get fixated on the results because we know those results will come. And you can see in his career, he's been – he's in the last three seasons, he's hit nine game-winning field goals. Marquise Williams here. Uh, he's back as our special teams coordinator. We appreciate you stopping by. We look forward to, to chopping it up with you, man, right. off-season and beyond uh, as things continue to change and turn over here and we continue to hopefully get better. So thank you so much. Thank you, God. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I look forward to further conversations. Appreciate you guys. So there you go, man. Everything about the special teams. And I know, I mean, it's uh, it's the thing we're kind of used to is coup not missing. But it didn't really, at the end of the day, Carl, this team didn't lose missing on the playoffs over coup. Of course, there were some games we could have used a little more coup to be his usual coup self. Yeah, no doubt, man. I mean, I just want when we are playing the field position game for us to be better at that part of it. And more importantly, Mike, the return game, like we talked about, I'd love to find a dynamic special returner. It's hard in the NFL. Think about the league. There's right. not a lot of these guys that are out there. No. So Devin you know, Hester going to the Hall of Fame who played for the Falcons back in the day, right? Yeah, you just, you know, we, we, we mentioned that with him, and he I did not know he was with Chicago when Hester was coming up. But the fact is, Mike, those guys are far few in between. You just got to get positive yards and put your team in a good spot oh. with field position. Hey, one, one uh, thing for the, our audience, Falcon fans, Terry Fontenot, you know, you heard him talk to us last week. He's going to be on with Steve Weiss tonight at 7 o'clock on NFL Network on the NFL Report. So talking about what the plan is, if you're trying to get some more secret sauce on the quarterback battle, that's going on. And, again, I'll rest in peace. Fulton Kuykendall, who passed away at age 70, legendary Falcons linebacker, died today. All right, guys, coming up, what was that last night? I don't know. And it's getting harder and harder for me to put my finger on what's going on with this team. It's Dukes and Bell. 
The Strong Arm Story of the Day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. It's very rare that a regular season game defines anything about your season. But last night, that was an awful effort by our Atlanta Hawks against the Charlotte Hornets to lose in the way that they did on the road the last game before the All-Star break. Listen, I've heard about teams checking out, Mike, but that, they don't deserve to check out. We haven't played well enough to be checking out of anything, and it was frustrating to see how it all played out last night against the Hornets, who you said didn't even have their best player on the floor. Nope, there was no ball last night, so if you didn't see it, uh, look, we were also missing Okongwu and Capella, so we were limited in the front court, but it would help if, you know, DeJounte and Trey could pick up the slack with their three-point shooting. Wrong. Uh, They have been seven for 33 combined in their last two games. Trey started the month of February on fire against the uh, Suns and against Golden State, and he's really tailed off, so I told Carl earlier, good news is he'll have plenty of practice in the three-point shooting contest, (laughs) but yeah, it's just, this was one that if you thought they had quit, Quinn Snyder basically told you they quit. They quit. We're flat. We just need to compete more. Whether we left early for the break. Playing at a slow pace. Now, Nate didn't jump into the press conference, but that was Quinn basically saying that some would say, yeah, we left early for vacation. As in, like, the All-Star break. Yeah, man. I just, that's my issue with this. And, and you know, you're going to have bad games. Listen, there's a long season. But I got to sometimes feel like this team needs to understand, Mike, where they're at the magnitude of some of these games that they're playing and take advantage of the situation. You know, I'm watching Boston last night. Now, that's a different makeup, but they smoked Brooklyn. I mean, it wasn't even close. They understood, hey, we're going to the break. We're not taking any chances. Let's go ahead and take care of business. Like, the, the, the whole makeup of that team is just different. I'm not comparing us to Boston. What I'm telling you is, where's the leadership on this team, Mike? Well, that's I just it. Well, I mean, <laughs> now, look, <laughs> if now. you don't like Trey, you can say Trey's like, hey, man, I did my, I did my 24 and 10. Get off my face. But he, he couldn't score last night. It was They were ineffective, as we said. DeJounte and him, it, just, it is what it is. But this team, we, we've said it a million times. And Quinn Snyder said it to Carl earlier. looks like he's in a hostage video every time he has to answer questions about this team. They don't hustle. Defense is effort. Yeah. They don't put in the effort. A.J. Griffin, I had such high hopes. Remember, I asked everybody about A.J. A.J. Griffin is like missing in action, literally and figuratively. They had to go to him later this month because of the injuries and the lack of depth. But A.J. Griffin is, is a non-factor. The one guy, ironically, and let's give credit where credit's due, who's actually doing a really nice job is DeAndre Hunter. Yeah. You know, I just wish we'd seen more of this a little bit sooner. I agree. Um, it's part of what's going on with our Hawks. Um, Rondo, you guys, uh, Rajon Rondo was on the Rachel Nichols podcast. Mm-hmm. And I just want you to hear what he said about Trey. It's not anything necessarily bad or derogatory, but this is how he sees Trey right now. Listen to this. You know, he's learning. Uh, he hasn't had many vets in to come in and teach him how to be, you know, that that yeah. type of player. Also having a franchise on your back, you know, I can't speak from that perspective, but uh, being able to come in at, you know, 22 years old and have a whole franchise on your back and still want him to do so many other things and produce on the court, uh, you're asking a lot for a young person that, you know, is just now coming into something new. Okay, so Mike, let's go get a vet or two. Let's go get some guys with some experience and some know-how. It's, again, one of the reasons why we won in 21. We had vets around right. him. I mean, if that is true and what Rondo's talking about on the Rachel Nichols podcast, and I don't necessarily disagree with him, but right. I'm like, come on. If that's the situation, let's go add a couple of those guys, Landry Fields. Well, that's just it. I mean, it's funny. A guy just sent us a picture of Pero Antic, and I just retweeted <laughs> the photo of you and me with him. He's got us in a chokehold uh, back in the day. We need some, at the bare minimum, 
You know, and this is before, look, you couldn't necessarily see that Okongwu and Capella were going to get banged up at the same time, but we need some toughness. We need some physicality. You know, I mean, I joke around with Carl all the time. We need a guy with no vowels in his name, one eyebrow, dragging his knuckles on the floor from Eastern Europe to get in there and maybe help protect the rim. Something, yep. you know. In hockey, they say, give me some energy, which was always code for go rough somebody up. You know, it's just, I just, th- this team is just so flat, you know. <laughs> Did you say flat? I said this team is so flat. We're flat. Thanks, Nate. But, yeah, and, you know, I think, guys, uh, you look at Quinn Snyder and you say, you know, he's, there's only so far we can go. He had Donovan Mitchell, right? He had uh, who's, uh, Rudy Gobert when he was in Utah. Yeah. And there's nothing like that here. So I, I think we're just going to grind one step forward, one step back, all the way to the end of the season, and we'll be 10, 9, or 8 at best. And that's A that's, slow pace. <laughs> that's where it's at because the team's on the floor. The one thing you can take some solace in is that, <laughs> is that DeAndre Hunter is playing better. And if Sadiq Bay could play consistently and, and Trey and DeJounte could ever do what they thought they were going to do, which at this point I've given up all hope of Trey moving without the ball and DeJounte getting him the rock for open threes. But that's never seeming to happen. All right. Uh, but last up. night was pitiful against a bad – that's a bad – that's a team a that's worse team. than you. It's a bad team. Missing their star player, and you guys played like crap, and the coach basically called you out for effort. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a terrible situation that you want to lose in. Um, you can lose any game. We know that. But that particular game under those circumstances was just a bad look. Mm. Mike, uh, this just in. Rob Manfred says his tenure as Major League Baseball commissioner will end in 2029. Okay. So that just came out. Plenty of time to find his replacement. No doubt. Uh, but I think, you know, we kind of think these commissioners, sort of like Adele, they're just, you know, they're going to be on their deathbed. Uh, right. Paul Tagliabue, who was the last commissioner, you know, got out. He was still, you know, he, he was able to, to move on with his life and obviously he handed it over to Goodell. Goodell, I think, has right. been in charge of the NFL for 17 years or 18 years. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah. I think the tenure has been. But I'm a little surprised at this only because, again, these guys usually stay until they're, you know, mid-70s, damn near 80 years old, and the game continues to pass them by. I'll say this. Manfred has in, installed some cool things. The clock, the pitch clock, all right. that stuff worked. Um, but no, there I were mean, some, some other things with any commissioner that right. that didn't necessarily work. But I'm, I'm a little surprised he's b- b- bowing out in 2029. That's huge. Yeah, I mean, I thought, I thought he mishandled the uh, the Houston Astros situation. Yes. And then to make yes. the comment, well, it's just the World trophy, the World Series trophy is just a piece of metal. But, I mean, that I did think he redeemed himself a little bit, you know, with the uh, – you know, with the pitch clock that you mentioned, because a lot of folks were curious where that was going to go. Baseball is a lot easier to watch now. Because you know, you know how many times you and I, I'd rant about the guys scratching their nuts, adjusting their wrist, batting gloves, all that nonsense, getting in the box. And they're going to speed things up, too, now with runners on base. So that's great. And I, I, why more teams don't steal bases with the larger bases, that's on them. Obviously, we make it a big part of what we do between Money Harris and Acuna. But uh, that, that part of Manfred's run, I think, is great. What would be really nice in these next five years is for him to bow up and fire all the umpires and get and start from scratch. You know, that would be great. Or at As least, I leave baseball, yeah, yeah. I'm firing everybody. Now, if you can start to move out the C.B. Buckners and the Angel Hernandez and the guys who think we showed up and paid our 100-whatever on StubHub to see those idiots. If, if, I'd love to see Manfred step up and do what, you know, years ago. Remember the umpires like, well, we're going go, to go on strike. Well, we're going to fire all of you, you know, because you're not that great. But that's, that's the only thing I'd like to see Manfred do that it's missing from his legacy. All right, we're going to talk to Grant McCauley next. Uh, Braves held their first workout on Thursday. Much of the roster is set. But what are we looking at this spring? We'll talk with Grant and one of our first visits of many throughout the course of the season as we go around the yard next.
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. It's time for Around the Yard with your Atlanta Braves on Dukes and Bell. He gets greeted rudely by Ronald Acuna Jr. It is gone. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Let's talk about our Braves, shall we? And we head to spring training where our man Grant McCauley is there. Uh, Grant, first and foremost, set the scene because it looked like a beautiful day down there. For folks who've not had a chance, you know, all those years at Disney, for folks who've not had a chance to get down there to the new facility, uh, talk a little bit about it before we get into the the team itself and uh, pitchers and catchers, man. What's it look like down there? Yeah, really, really nice facility, and you would not know that that storm that rolled through last year had had any effect on it last year when I was there, and certainly not this year. Beautiful day out there. I mean, this is very much a baseball-centric, you know, focus for the Braves. I mean, they were part of Disney. They were on the Disney property. They were one of the many things going on if you wanted to entertain yourself. But here, they're kind of the main event, which I think is something they like an awful lot. Great stadium. Uh, it looks like you know, folks are already enjoying that tiki bar that's open out down the left field line. And as the Braves get onto the main field, you have an opportunity to maybe eat lunch and, and watch huh. Michael Harris hit some big home runs because he was swinging the bat pretty well today. And it's just good to see baseball activities going on again. So if you haven't been down here, it's a very different vibe than Disney, but one that uh, if you're looking for a baseball trip, you might just enjoy. And I tell you what, Grant, if you like fishing in a beautiful little town, Venice, right down the road, is just uh-huh. beautiful. Uh-huh. I mean, it's, I, you know, yep. we spend a lot of time in that part of Southwest Florida, man. It's it's awesome. I guess the only question, because we're, I mean, <laughs> team is pretty much loaded. What do we? What should Braves fans expect from Jared Kelnick? Yeah, I think that's one of the questions coming into camp is what's it going to look like for him? And playing time was one of the questions that Alex Anthopoulos and Brian Snitker were asked about today as they spoke with the media. And they were both pretty, I think, straightforward in that we'd like to see him get the challenge of hitting against lefties. They did not bring him over here to be a platoon player. You can always adjust if you need to, but I think that this is one of the things that's really helped Michael Harris to ingratiate himself at the big league level and to really get comfortable is he's not sitting down every third or fourth or fifth day or maybe three times a week. He's out there playing every day. And I think for Kelnick, that's something he's excited about is that opportunity to do that. And on the flip side of that coin and going from Seattle to Atlanta, the expectations are not that Jared Kelnick has to come in with all the pomp and circumstance and carry the Atlanta Braves. You have plenty of guys in this lineup who will be able to do that. So I think that this is one of the stories to watch in the spring, but also like what the effect is going to be of this change of scenery, of getting in what they call the environment for hitting that they have here in Atlanta with Kevin Seitzer and that crew. There's a lot of excitement about Jared Kelnick, and I think rightfully so. 
The other story is Chris Sale, right? I mean, we we have sure. high expectations for him, what he could add to this team. Um, I'm going to tell you right now, I think he's going to have a great season. And I'm just projecting here. I think mm-hmm. he's going to have a really good year. I know everybody was concerned about coming off the injury. Sometimes it takes a couple of seasons to come mm-hmm. back from what he was dealing with. Talk about Sale and how they're going to handle him, Grant. You know, and Alex Anthopoulos talked about this today as well, is that a couple of the things that he had, I mean, Tommy John is what it is. I mean, that's an invasive injury that took him a while to get back from. But they had some fluky stuff like getting hit in the finger with a comeback or a line drive to the mound, falling off a bike. I'm sure that wasn't his plan. I don't want to fall off a bike anytime soon either, but that he hurt his wrist. Just weird stuff that happened. But at some point, I know people look at it and say, well, he just can't stay healthy. What's going on here? And that has been the case for Chris Sale since, I believe, the 2019 season. But last year, 20 starts for the Boston Red Sox, surpassed 100 innings for the first time in five years. And this is his first healthy offseason since, I believe, going into 2019. So there's a lot for Chris Sale to, I think, enjoy about his first spring with the Braves. But being healthy, he wants that to be the number one thing. No limitations, no restrictions. The Braves have not been big on innings limits or anything like that. So, I don't expect to see too much of that going on either. And just let Chris Sale come out there and show you what he can. And Bryce Elder was asked about getting Sale in this rotation with these guys. What's that going to be like? And he said, in a word, I think it could be scary. And scary is a good thing in this uh, particular use of that word. It is our man, Grant McCauley, best baseball man in town, as uh, pitching and catching everybody else reporting down there. Grant, uh, we loved, I loved the comments uh, I got from A.J. Minter about, hey, man, it's World Series or bust. Because when you're mm-hmm. as good and loaded mm-hmm. as this team is, those should be the expectations. When you add a guy like Chris Sale, who's got some nastiness to him and some attitude, and I don't know about Kelnick. I've read some things that say he's got some edge, too. I mean, it's the things you can't define, but a little bit of swagger to match Phillies would be a good thing for this team. Yeah, and I think that they want that. And, and one of the things that everybody on the Braves side, and I think it's important to stress this, is you know you can talk about the reasons why they lost. It, to some people, it just feels like it will be excuses as to why they lost. But one thing they don't want to do is sit around behind the excuse of, oh, well, we didn't have a week you know, worth of games to prepare ourselves. You have to, at some point, just give credit to the Phillies for being exactly what you just said, and that is a team that played with a lot of edge and a team that just they went out on the field and they won. And at the end of the day, that is what it is, and the Braves have got to find ways to counteract that. So I think that Chris Sale is a fiery competitor. That's certainly a good thing. Jared Kelnick having the opportunity to you know, come in and bring whatever it is that he does to this Braves team and everybody being a year older in experience. Not that you want to get old real quick in sports. You certainly don't. But having the experience and knowing how to perhaps combat some of these things may have this Braves club where it needs to be in October. But when you get there, there's just there's nothing to it but to do it, I think is how the old saying goes. You've got to get the results. That's all it's about. Nobody wants to hear about the excuses at that point. So the Braves have got to find a way to get over that hump, and they feel like by setting some very clear and, and concise goals like winning a World Series, Spencer Strider said this morning, I don't want there to be some kind of – we shouldn't feel bad about saying that that's our goal. That is our goal. And there's a lot of aura around – setting your sights that high, but when you're the Braves, you've won a World Series, you won the most games in baseball last year, what else should your goal be? It is our man, guys. Grant McCauley talking about the Bravos. What do you think as far as the rotation? I mean, I know. I guess the best battle would be for the fifth spot, but I mean, I mean mm-hmm. do you feel that, uh, I, I guess, I want to put it on Bryce Elder, but it just, it just seemed like it, at times, everybody who's come through the Braves rotation the last few years is finding themselves in September, October, pitching more innings than they've ever pitched before. So he'll be better equipped for something like the, the – they kind of wobbled a little bit after the All-Star break, I guess is my point. will be better. 
he certainly feels like he can be. And Bryce talked this morning, and I wrote about this too. You can find the link on X and on social media at Grant McCauley where you can follow me. And, you know, the big thing I think with Bryce is that is a learning experience, and that is the most innings that he threw in his life. He was Gwinnett's opening day starter. A lot of people forget about that. He didn't even make the club out of spring training, and there was a while where it felt like it was Bryce Elder and Charlie Morton and Spencer Strider and trying to figure out two spots in the rotation, and he was an important pitcher for the Braves, but down the stretch, his ERA over five in the second half. It was under three in the first half. Maybe he was due some regression, but he definitely got tired, and he said, you know, physically, you got to know that it's coming, but mentally, I need to find the ways to get over that, and he believes that he's going to be able to, with this experience, figure out ways to get the results that the Braves need every fifth day, but he's not taking it for granted that he is the fifth starter. He knows that in camp, you've got Ronaldo Lopez that the Braves signed to a three-year $30 million contract. He's going to get an opportunity to start. And then behind that, you've got A.J. Smith-Shawver, who's the team's top pitching prospect, first-round pick Hurston Waldrop, and a host of other pitchers who got some big league experience last year. The Braves had to use 16 different starting pitchers. So this story will probably not be decided for once and for all for 2024 right here in spring training. Grant McCauley, our guest here on Dukes and Bell. We'll do this on a daily basis, guys, as we get into the baseball season because we want to keep you up uh, to date and informed on what's going on with our Braves. Um, in my years of covering baseball, Grant, when you knew what you had, and I want to get your thoughts on this, when once a team knew what they had, some of the veteran guys, some of the core guys, didn't necessarily get as much work. Now, spring training is all about that. But what I'm saying is, is Snick going to be careful with knowing what he's got, his core guys, Matt Olson, all these guys that we now know what they're capable of mm-hmm. and their workload in spring training? How does he manage that? Yeah, I think you'll see guys you know get the at-bats that they feel like they need. That's kind of the Braves have kind of gone by that feel. It's like, all right, well, how many plate appearances, how many innings do you need to get yourself ready for the season? And obviously ramping up, starting a little bit slower perhaps, especially for pitchers. But then with the position players, just making sure that they've seen enough, you know, live rounds, so to speak. And I don't foresee that being, you know, anything that – you know, really affects the Braves altogether that much. I think what what folks have kind of wondered about is as you get into the season, what does the load management look like? And I know that there's two different factions of, well, I love the guys play every day. And some people are like, well, I think they should get more days off. When you're trying to win every single day, it's hard to give guys days off. And to be honest, in the work ethic, a lot of these guys don't want the time off. So it's always interesting for a manager to try to, you know, figure that stuff out. But I think Austin Riley told me the best last year. I can't help the team from the bench. So when you're going through a slump, you kind of still want those at-bats. They're kind of important. So I don't know if that answered that question necessarily that you were asking, but yeah. as far as like the, the playing every day and that mindset for this club, I think it's a big part of why they are as good as they are. It's a Grant McCauley with us, guys. And, Grant, we always mentioned Philly. We spent a lot of time talking about Philly yesterday after A.J. Mitchell's comments. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty good. Uh, I know that, uh, yeah. you know, and Bryce will be having two arms that really work this year. Dodgers, we know, loaded up. But, I mean, who, who, who is the team that does worry? I mean, do, and by the way, in the division, the Mets obviously are going south and the uh, Marlins are better. But who, who, should be, who should we be worried about other than the boogeyman that is Philly? Yeah, I mean, the weird thing is, I mean, outside of the Phillies, who, again, last year, they had a good year by all accounts. And they were a, a win away from going to the World Series for the second straight year. 
they were 14 games behind the Braves in the regular <laughs> season. And I know nobody wants to talk about that because we all know what the result was. But, you know, the Braves have really established themselves as the class of the division. And they've said again, like, they want to win this division. They do want that buy. They've got to figure out a way to work with it, obviously. I don't know that the Marlins are necessarily any better than they were a year ago. They were extremely good in one-run games. That doesn't necessarily portend well year to year. They lost Jorge Soler, who's signing with the Giants. Where's the thump going to come from for this crew? I know they've got, I believe, Josh Bell playing first. got Jake Berger at the trade deadline. But losing 36 home runs of Jorge Soler in a lineup that could really use it, that I don't think helps a lot. Francisco Lindor said he's you know, healthy this year after dealing with a lot of elbow issues last year. He's a 30-30 guy without it. So what's he going to be with it? And can the Mets have enough pitching? Do they have enough pitching to give any kind of push to the Phillies and maybe push themselves into the wild card picture? I'm not really convinced. Nationals in a complete rebuild, they're not going to be a factor. But you know, the Braves are the class of the East. And as far as the class of baseball, outside of the Dodgers and I know that Astros team that makes it there every year, who really can challenge the Braves? There's a reason why they're the prohibitive World right. Series favorites on just about every place you look. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 